And now I'm going to invite Elder Skip back up, and he's going to share with us our gospel reading that our message is going to be based off of today. Mr. Skip, I let you take the wheel, sir. Good morning. Um, the Bible reading this morning comes from Luke in chapter 19, the first 10 verses. And as Josh mentioned, it's tax season, and so this is about a tax collector, Zacchaeus. And at this time, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem for the, his passion is coming shortly. And he's on his way there. This is the, the verses that occur right before he enters Jerusalem. And two things. One is it's a reconciliation with Jesus and Zacchaeus. But a part that for me is probably more convicting is it's also a, uh, an explanation or a confrontation between the people and Zacchaeus. How do they feel about this guy? And how do they feel about him, this person that they really don't like? coming to Jesus. Oops. There we go. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see for him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he was also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you so much, Skip. Thank you all for being here today. We're going to pray and then we're going to dive into today's message. Heavenly Father, you're good. You are kind, you are encouraging, you are challenging, Lord, and you are worth following. Lord, we pray that as we encounter the story with Zacchaeus that we're drawn to you, closer to each other, and closer to our world. We say this all in your son's precious name, amen. So we are in a series called Why Jesus? And every week we've been looking at and talking through and really reflecting on why should we believe in Jesus? A lot of us grew up in the church and we just kind of get into this rhythm and we don't critically think through what's the point? Why him and why not follow some other God or some other philosophy or, or some other way of living? And we've been kind of comparing and contrasting Jesus to those other things. And so we've talked about other gods. We've talked about where we put our identity. And today we're going to look at one that for me, and I'm going to guess for everybody, is, is quite personal. But what about our past? And, and how does Jesus use our past? How does Jesus shape our past? How does Jesus even redeem our past? Because as we're going to see in the story with this guy named Zacchaeus, dude had a past. And what Jesus does with it is so countercultural to the times, both in ancient Israel, but also today, that we understand that that why of Jesus is even more powerful. 
So let's dive into the scripture. All right, starts off verse 1, chapter 19, uh, 1 and following. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Skip mentioned this briefly, but this is Jesus' last stop before he shows up in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is going to be the climactic battle he has with sin and death. It's where he goes to the cross. And on his way there, for the last three and a half years, Jesus had been preaching all throughout Israel. He was a teacher. And there were lots of teachers at that time. There were a lot of people who claimed to be prophets at that time. And yet Jesus had a special mojo going on. When he would say, calm down storm, the storm would actually stop. When Jesus would see someone dead, he'd be like, oh, no, 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 get up, wake up. And they would. Right? He's healing people. He's doing miracle after miracle after miracle. And beyond that, he's teaching about the kingdom of God. He's teaching about a righteousness with God, a right relationship with God, a right relationship with each other. But he's teaching about it differently. He's not lording it over people like the religious folk of that day. In fact, people would say he teaches like one who has authority. And so the crowds of people who were believing in Jesus, who had been waiting on a Messiah, a hero, who was going to fix a broken world, they kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And again, this is going to be the climax of Jesus' ministry, is getting to Jerusalem. But the last story that Luke, the author of this gospel, tells of Jesus meeting someone is with Zacchaeus. All right? So this is this story. All right, so it's on the way. This is the culmination of that. But before that, one last person Jesus has to meet. A man was there, verse 2, by the name of Zacchaeus. And he was a chief tax collector, and he was very wealthy. All right, so January 15th is normally when tax season starts. And even if you're going to get money back, it's not a very comfortable time, right? You've got to get all your paperwork together. You've got to hope you did all your numbers right. Some of us pay estimated taxes, and so you're just paying out throughout the year, and you're just hoping, my gosh, I hope this is okay. Right? No one likes tax season, but that, that's not what it looked like to be a tax collector in ancient times. None of us really like the IRS, but most of us don't hate the IRS. Israelites hated tax collectors. And the reason why was because tax collectors worked for Rome, and Rome was an occupying nation of, the, uh, of Israel. They had conquered the modern world, quote-unquote, of that time. And what Rome found out was when they had these conquered nations and they wanted to bring money in from them, when they wanted to collect taxes from them, it was easier to appoint a national, it was easier to appoint a local than it was to send in their own people. And so they would raise up indigenous people to collect taxes for them. Right? So they were collaborators with the Roman government. But it was even worse than that. Because tax collectors had a specific, not talent, not ability, permission from the Roman government. And it went like this. So let's say, Mr. Miller, you owe $100. Well, the tax collector would show up at your house. And he would say, hey, I need you to give me 125 bucks. And I would respond by saying, dude, I owe 100 bucks. He's like, yeah, but this is my commission. And I would say, I don't want to pay you $25 extra for a commission. He was like, a funny story. It's actually $150 more. And oh, if you don't want to pay it, see these two Roman guards behind me? They're called centurions. 
and they will either beat you, imprison you, or enslave you if you don't do what I say. Not only were they collaborators, they were personally benefiting from the suffering of the local people. They betrayed Israel, and they got wealthy while doing it. So they were hated, so much so that in ancient Jewish times, if you were a tax collector and you wanted to go to the temple and you wanted to provide an offering for your sins, you would buy that offering. So you would buy a dove or a goat. Their money was no good. You couldn't go to the temple and receive forgiveness. You couldn't have a right relationship with God. That's how much they were hated. And Zacchaeus, He's not just a low-level tax collector. In fact, he had a region of tax collectors underneath him. He was a chief tax collector, and dude had bank. Tons of money. Tons of power. And folks hated him for it. This is who Jesus is about to encounter. He, in Zacchaeus, wanted to see Jesus. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree since Jesus was coming that way. So here's the thing about Jesus in his ministry. Jesus had invited tax collectors to follow him. In fact, one of the apostles, Levi, who was eventually called Matthew, which is the Gospel of Matthew, was a tax collector. Zacchaeus knew that this religious leader, that this prophet, that everyone was following, he had a different M.O. than most of them. He invited broken people with broken paths to follow. And not just tax collectors, but prostitutes, drunks, sinners of all shapes and sizes, those with broken paths, the blind, the lepers, those struggling with physical or mental illnesses, Jesus invited into a relationship with him. And Zacchaeus wants a relationship with God. But he goes to see Jesus and the crowds are just too big. And so this man of power and wealth is like, you know what, I will climb a tree. And y'all, whenever you see a grown man climb a tree, right, now it's kind of fun. Like, I enjoy it, quite frankly. But it's embarrassing, right? It's not something you're supposed to do in polite and civilized culture. But Zacchaeus is willing to embarrass himself just to get a glimpse of Jesus, of this prophet who was doing things differently, who was acting differently, who might, just might give him hope that he can still have a right relationship with God, righteousness, and a right relationship with other people. Story goes on. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up into this tree, right? So Jesus, big old crowd. We're watching NFL games right now, the Super Bowl, right? And so you see these NFL players, they come off the bus, and you know those throngs of people that just surround them? That's what's happening to Jesus. Jesus is walking down, everyone's abuzz, and he stops at this tree, he looks up, he sees this dude, and he says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Because I must stay at your house today. Y'all, this is good news. Come on down, brother. And I love that urgency. I must have a relationship with you. 
I must be a part of your life. Y'all, that is gospel. That this man who was hated and had betrayed his own country and had a past a mile wide so much money on the suffering of others, Jesus stops and says, dude, I see you. I must stay at your house today. Last week, AJ gave a great message, and he said this line. He said, because of Jesus, you don't have to work to get God's attention. And that, that stayed with me all week long. This reality that we don't have to try to get God's attention by doing enough, by being enough, cleaning up our past enough. But instead, Jesus passes us by, he sees us, and he looks at us and he says, I see you. And not only do I see you, I want a relationship with you. Jesus wanted something different for Zacchaeus. And that primary mover of God into Zacchaeus' life changes Zacchaeus on the spot. So Zacchaeus came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Right? But all the people, remember that big old crowd that surrounded Jesus? All those folks who were like, this could be the Messiah. This is the hero we've been waiting for. They began to mutter. Why? Because he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Two entirely different things happened from the perspective of the folks. From Zacchaeus, he looks at all that he has done and he gets this invitation from Jesus and his heart opens up and he welcomes him gladly. He's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that God noticed me. Me and all my brokenness and, and all my sin. There's a God who wants to be in my life. But the folks in the crowd are like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, we're, we're cool with this kingdom of God. We're cool with the healings and the miracles. And yeah, you know, love your neighbors yourself. That's cool, but we got to make sure we're in control of who our neighbors are. Can't be that kind of neighbor. He is a traitor to our country. He is a traitor to our cause. If we let him in, What's it going to say about us? What's it going to say about our movement? It is this deep up versus them. And in Zacchaeus' case, it makes sense. Like, if there was ever a them, it's Zacchaeus. It's the collaborator. And Jesus looks and he goes, oh, no, 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 no. I'm being very, very intentional about this moment. And the reaction is so beautiful. What happens with Zacchaeus? But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here now I'm giving half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone, anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times. Zacchaeus' response isn't to forget his past. It's to find a way to make amends for it. It's to use what God has given him for the kingdom. For something bigger than himself. And what's interesting about this story, and I hadn't really realized that until this week, is that 25 verses earlier than this, Jesus meets another rich dude. Another powerful dude. 
Someone that we come to find out is a quote-unquote righteous man who's doing all the right things according to the Old Testament. And he comes to Jesus, and folks are all seeing them. People know who this guy is. They're like, oh my gosh, man, did you see? Did you see the Joneses? They're showing up to talk to Jesus. Man, the Joneses, they're doing it right. They love God, they love people. God's blessed them financially. Dude shows up at Jesus and he says, hey, I want to be righteous. I want to have a right relationship with God. What must I do to inherit the kingdom? And Jesus says, dude, I got compassion for you. I love you, so I'm going to tell you. Give up everything and follow me. And that guy in the in crowd, that guy who did everything right, was like, ah, it's too much. I can't do that. His response to Jesus' invitation to come and follow was so different than Zacchaeus's. Because the righteous man, the righteous ruler, was actually self-righteous. It was about his relationship with God. Because what self-righteousness is, by its very definition, is by my own will and strength, I will have a right relationship with God and a right relationship with other people. That's what self-righteousness is. It's my standards are going to judge how I have a relationship with the one and only God and how I have a relationship with you. And Jesus shows up in that moment and he says, y'all, that that relationship isn't going to work because we can't build a ladder high enough to heaven. Because while some of us are really good at playing pretend, Every single person on this room, every single person on this stream has a past. And that past may not be as obvious as Zacchaeus, but it's just as broken. And some of that brokenness is self-inflicted from our own sin, from our own mistakes, from the times where we didn't treat people the way we were supposed to. And some of that brokenness is external. It was done to us, and so we are carrying these scars, these bandages, these wounds. And in both situations, God invites us into something different. Jesus invites us into something different, which is why he says, Jesus said to Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to this house because this man is also a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. Son of Abraham was the shorthand for the people of God those in God's tribe, those in God's family. And he said, I came here for folks like you. For the broken. For those who feel like they're damaged goods. For those that society has said, you're outside of the boundaries. Jesus comes in and says, no, 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 I have no boundaries. And he comes to bless us. And then he comes to equip us. And then he comes to send us out again. Two, be a blessing. And then as we do that blessing thing, we realize we need more equipping. And it's this beautiful cycle over and over and over again. Where God starts something good and then he spins it up. And then we all get wrapped up in it and then we get to be a part of it. And then like Zacchaeus, we get to use our past as a way to give testimony to the good God that we have. 
that instead of trying to hide our past, instead of trying to play pretend with our past, instead of staying on social media and putting this perfect family together, I love that, right? But you get these, have you guys ever taken that picture where like you get everyone to smile, but the five minutes before and after the picture, everyone's grumbling and angry and like, why do I have to do this? But fine, for literally 10 seconds, we'll put this fake smile on our face and do, right? Jesus says, no, 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 you don't have to do that. And in fact, when we're able to overcome our past, not overcome, when we're able to give credit to how God has overcome our past, redeem our past, it becomes a platform for people who are struggling the same way that we can reach out and say, let me tell you about this God that I have, who forgives you and loves you and cares about you and did something beautiful in my life. And in fact, not only is it using my past, but I wanna make amends for it. I wanna see it redeemed and restored in the same way that I have been redeemed and restored, in the same way that you have been redeemed and restored. Y'all, that is why we follow Jesus. Because he can take even the mess of our past and do something good with it. And y'all, that's good news. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, all of us come before you with some junk back there. Maybe, maybe that junk was pulling into church as we were frustrated with the person driving in front of us or it was a family relationship this week or text messages we sent or didn't send or addictions or anger or bitterness where all of us come like Zacchaeus not deserving of a relationship with you. And yet, you still see us. You still have our attention. And you invite us to stay at our house today with you. Lord God, I pray that that blessing equips us and sends us out to have that same effect. To everyone we come in contact with. Lord, that we can give witness to who you are and what you're doing. In your name we pray. Amen.